The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to the Barca Blagranas podcast. My name is Josh. I'm joined once again by Emil Avanesian of Hardwood Hype. Emil, how are we doing? Josh, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Thank good. You. All right. So I'm recording this in full transparency about a week before you guys are hearing this. I am uh, on vacation. So we're going to kind of talk about, you know, bigger picture Barcelona things. So if uh, if the world goes on fire and they actually fire Kike Setien, then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll chat about this next week or something. So, um, Emil, just kind of recapping Barcelona's domestic season. Like, what have you, what have, what has it taught you about the, when I say Barcelona, like what has this season impacted the the word FC Barcelona when you think about it how has it changed how you think about the club and everything about it I mean it's kind of you know it's it's on the one hand it's like cliche but I from from what I can gather and from what I've read it's the sort of thing that Barcelona fans have been sort of saying in in one way or another since you know I guess since Cruyff is that um I don't know, like the, the, the ethos and the, the pillars of, of the club, that everything that sort of the, the marketing and PR department and sort of uh, everyone purport that the club is about seems to be sort of um, kind of very far off in the distance. And, um, you know, I think it's, you know, we talked about it in, in various ways, kind of the, the other times I've been on the podcast and that, the, the whole thing feels kind of rudderless and it's, and I mean, it starts sort of at, at board level and, you know, I mean, I think the, the notion that, um, that there's some sort of quick fix and I, and, you know, this is a thought that I was actually having with regard to, to Barcelona and Real Madrid is that, you know, um, I read an article, um, I think it was at the athletic recently, but it was about sort of how, the, the pillars of each, the backbone of each team is getting older. So with Barcelona, you have Messi, Pique, Suarez, and Busquets, most prominently. And at uh, Real Madrid, you have, you know, so you, you have Ramos, um, Benzema's slowly getting up there, and, you know, Bale's out of favor, but he's going to have to go. And, you know, and they were talking about kind of these, these aging cores, and I was thinking about the, the reason I think the, the Madrid sort of project or whatever you want to call it is more successful these days is that they, at the very least, kind of put together a team with the notion of cohesively putting together a team that's going to have to play a season. You know, like irrespective of what happens, whether you find the next Ronaldo or, or Ramos or whatever, like it, you're going to have to play these 50, 60 games and you're going to have to do what you're going to have to do. Barcelona, I feel like, is so kind of haunted by the 
by the grandeur of, you know, the greatest club side ever from 10, 12 years ago. And sort of this, I don't know, unrelenting need to sort of be Barcelona, be the whole like Mistown club and like the, like this whole thing. Like, I, I feel like the board who, I mean, objectively have just done a horrible job, um, are kind of, are, but they're constantly, they do nothing but fumble for sort of a, a silver bullet solution. You know, I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's sort of uh, doubling down on losses, doubling down on losses. And, you know, I mean, it, they, they want nothing more than to kind of build the next great Barcelona team, but to do it with sort of, with one, with one or two sort of, quote, inspired moves rather than actually any kind of infrastructure, which is how the whole thing was built to begin with. Right. I don't know if that I don't know if that makes sense, but I guess the word I would use is rudderless. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to talk about perhaps why it's rudderless a bit later on. But what what are your thoughts on Kike Setien at this point? So at at the time of recording this on July twenty third, um, you know the the featured article at BarcelonaBlogronas dot com is by a great article by Jason Pettigrove talking about if a Champions League title could save Setien at Barcelona. Um, the conversations and rumors are happening about <laughs> Laurent Blanc coming to, mm-hmm. which is just hilarious to me. Um, the 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 continual recycling of who is the manager who can find this magic solution and potion to fix Barcelona? Like, what are your thoughts on Setien at this point? Um, in my opinion, frankly, like he he was kind of given a raw deal, and especially mm-hmm. given everything around COVID, like this was a special six months. This wasn't your usual, you know, six months as manager. Like, let's evaluate. Um, and even six months in a normal cycle is it's a little <laughs> a little short term, especially with Messi's Barcelona. Um, so I, I think clearly he's you know he deserves an an off season, even though this off season is going to be particularly short. Um, and I think he needs some more time next season, but like, I, what are your thoughts on Setien at this point? Um, is it still too early to evaluate him as, you know, a, a good or, you know, bad Barcelona manager? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I largely, I mean, I, I basically almost entirely agree with you. I mean, I think he was, I mean, even if you take the, even if you take the COVID part out of it, which I realize is a completely insane thing to say, but even if you take out the the massive gap in the middle of the season, to somehow sort of be parachuted in to a first place Barcelona team after Ernesto Valverde was let go in the middle of the season, I mean that in and of itself, almost like whoever you whoever you drop into that spot is you know, it would probably be one of the most difficult, difficult tasks of their career. And look, whether there's, it's entirely possible that Kike Setien is not sort of up to the, up to being the, the manager or the coach of Barcelona. And I don't mean that sort of, you know, in terms of aptitude or tactically or anything, like the guy's a, the guy's a fine coach. You know what I mean? I mean, I think he's with, with the right sort of collection of talent, he's, you know, He's been a good coach. I, there's there's no reason to believe that, that he couldn't be otherwise. Now, I mean, I think there's the other stuff as far as sort of the, the management of, of egos and personalities and sort of the almost being the this liaison between the the board and the dressing room, especially in a time where it's so just kind of such an insane period and just so much, you know, so much conflict between those two entities. There's a, another presidential election coming up next year. 
And then on top of that, the, the media scrutiny is just bananas, you know? And um, so maybe all of that stuff sort of in totality is, is beyond him. But I agree with you that um, he was just put into such a ridiculous, such a ridiculous situation. And yeah, the team really underperformed. Um, but that being said, I mean, I think I don't, I don't know that they were sort of in, they weren't really world beaters despite being in first place prior to that. And yeah, I mean, I do think he's, he's deserving of at least, I don't know, at least sort of a, a couple of months, you know, two, three months to, to start next season to see if he has kind of an off season with the, with the club and just, to, you know, gets, gets his feet on the ground a little bit more and see what he's capable of then. Yeah, and so, like, do you? How do you view Barcelona's chances in the Champions League? Um, obviously, there's there's going to be a little bit of a break here, some time to collect themselves after uh, losing La Liga in pretty um, not hilarious is the wrong word, but like somewhat predictable fashion. Um, yeah. Do you do you feel like? Because I mean, personally, I feel like they're going to beat Napoli. Napoli's playing pretty bad right now. Um, yeah. Their, their manager was quoted again that you know I'm recording this a week earlier, saying you know they don't have a chance of tickling Barcelona, nevertheless hurting them with their current form. Um, but after that, they're probably going to go up against Bayern Munich, uh, and after that, they would probably go against Manchester City. And so, like the the road is the road. They got the more difficult side of the uh, the Champions League draw for sure. How do you view their chances yeah. um, heading into the Champions League? Totally. And I mean, I think the thing is too, that um, the, as you say, you know, Bayern Munich and, and Manchester City, and, you know, that assumes that Manchester City don't lose to Real Madrid or um, what is it? Leon has a, Leon has a, a 1-0 lead over Juventus. So, I mean, it's, it's nothing but sort of heavy hitters on that, on that side of the bracket. Yes. I mean, that's, that's going to be a problem. Um, I'm increasingly convinced that, especially with the rest, um, I think the rest will do do Barca, you know, a fair bit of good. Um, I was starting to get really worried about the, the Napoli thing, so I was like, oh man, now they're just going to show up for one more Champions League game, just get bounced from there too. But um, I've, so I mean, I'm increasingly convinced or confident at least that, that they'll get past Napoli. Um, yeah, I mean, Bayern Munich is that's going to be a problem. I mean, I, I'd be hard pressed to sort of predict that, that, that they'll, you know, that they'll take out Byron. I mean, particularly with, I mean, Byron's attack is, you know, in, in quite solid shape and Barcelona's defense is not. And so, I mean, I think it would probably end at the next round. I mean, I'd be very pleasantly surprised if they even, you know, reach the semifinal. And uh, I mean, it's kind of a bummer, but um, I mean, the thing is, it's all, it's all sort of one game situations now. So that's, I mean, that's gonna help because I mean, if we're being honest, Barcelona will probably be underdogs. If they beat Napoli, they'll be underdogs in the quarterfinal and the semifinal. So smaller sample size favors the underdog. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of talking myself into platitudes to sort of even talk up the talk up the chances of advancing, but yeah, who knows? They can, yeah, they can, they can coax out a couple wins. You know, I'd like to think. 
Yeah, okay. So I like I like I like, I like your pos- yeah I like your positivity. Uh, so <laughs> one of the conversations I wanted to have today, and um, this will probably take up the majority of our remaining time. Um, yeah. And I wanted to talk about Lionel Messi and um, his future at Barcelona. And I briefly mentioned this last week when I talked with Matt. Um, we'll see for managing Madrid mm-hmm. about um, kind of the the. And I think we've chatted about this too, like kind of the one-year messy deals moving forward, how it kind of you know uh, resembles LeBron James and mm-hmm. his time with Cleveland. Um, and I, when I was talking with Matt about you know I was drooling over Zinedine Zidane and I was thinking you know what does you know how, how he's kind of the perfect manager for Real Madrid and you know you know Pep Guardiola was the stereotypical perfect manager for Barcelona he fit everything about the club mm-hmm. he you know he resembled the ideology like you like you mentioned earlier that that kind of Barcelona ideology and mindset that we think about when we you know when we say FC Barcelona like what what does that mean um, and. Part of me wonders, and I want to hear your thoughts on this or whether I'm getting too kind of um, in my own head about this, on whether or not Messi's um, contract ending, you know, next summer. And, you know, the conversation has been whether or not it's, um, you know, fake or just kind of rumors that he would even consider leaving. Personally, I, I think he's actually thinking about it. Um, I think he he sees Cristiano Ronaldo moving on from Real Madrid to see continued success. Um, not the same level of success, right? Like he hasn't won a Champions League, um, but he's, you know, somewhat reinvented himself, somewhat doing the same thing. But nevertheless, like he was able to leave. And, you know, granted, Ronaldo had already left once with Manchester United, whatever. Not entirely apples to apples, but um, something he can observe. And like, I, I do think Messi's actually considering it. I don't think he actually will leave um, because I, I think he has, you know, he, he has Barcelona, you know, hamstrung. And I guess that's kind of like, I. the more I look at this Setien stuff and the more I was kind of surprised to already see, you know, reportedly Messi turning on him. Um, and it, it, it does seem like Messi's desire rightfully so to win in the short term right like while he's still in somewhat of a you know 20 goal 20 assist you know post prime as much as we can say that um as ridiculous of a statement that is like as as an attacking midfielder the best in the world at this point uh like do you think he's he's hamstringing that's that's not a word Barcelona's ability to kind of find that next manager that will lead them into the future, whether that's in part of me and part of me feels like they're holding off on hiring Xavi because they just feel like he's going to get fed into the machine at this point. And with this current state of how Barcelona is being run, both from the players side and from upper management, like it feels like they would just fire Xavi in 18 months too. Um, but like, I, I don't know, kind of all those thoughts together. Do you feel like Messi's short-term outlook is hamstringing Barcelona's ability to kind of build for the future? Um, like, okay, so I want to sort of tackle this a certain way. Like, a little, maybe, but so, I mean, I think there was, um, and I know that the dynamic at the, at the teams is entirely different and I mean, not completely black and white, but, but, you know, they're just different sports, different environments. But so I'm a a Laker fan, just a, a lifelong Los Angeles Lakers fan. And so it was, the, you know, there was conversations like this about, you know, the last two, three years of, of Kobe Bryant's uh, career, which was, you know, they gave him this big sort of, it was essentially a, a golden parachute, you know, to your $50 million contract. And effectively the last two years became sort of the, the Kobe farewell tour and things like that. And, and a lot of people were sort of like, 
just up in arms kind of talking about saying like, oh my God, the Lakers are wasting money and you know, things like that. Now, in, in that in that instance, I figured that, you know, after sort of two decades, five championships and all the the you know, all that had that had come with that, I figured like a, a two-year farewell tour when we weren't gonna be that good anyway was who cares? You know, fine. Messi now is still better than Kobe was in year, what, 17, 18, you know? And um, so, I mean, I think on the one hand, yeah, like I think there's a holding pattern until until some sort of post-Messi roadmap, I guess, reveals itself. I mean, I think the, on the flip side, though, like to... I don't know, to kind of, to in any way accelerate sort of the, the departure of Messi is I think one of those, one of those things where the minute fans or anybody, people in charge, whomever saw him in another shirt the following season, it would immediately feel like an, just a, a horrific decision. Because I think there's there's a couple of things. One, like just on on the field, like while playing, Messi still has sort of the most powerful orbit around opposing defenses and is still the the best passer and you know sort of most gifted dissector of of the game and spotter of passing lanes and runs and things like that. And you know, he's the best in the world and one of the best to ever do it. So that doesn't get replaced easily. I mean, he's still one of the best goal scorers, free kick takers in the world. That doesn't get replaced easily. Um, and then on top of all that, what, I mean, I, I don't see anything in the, the administration and um, sort of the management of the club that leads me to believe that you know, if the if the looming shadow of Messi were were taken out of the equation, I, I don't get the impression that these guys are essentially just placating Messi because you know, but they're just waiting to to unleash their their brilliant plan to to restore Barcelona to where it ought to be. Like I don't have that much confidence in anyone who's running the show to kind of in two years, you know, move on from Messi and also. Um, sort of restore Barcelona to a place where like the name Messi doesn't immediately conjure like tears and regret. You know? Right. Like, I mean, and, and to be very clear, I'm, I'm not in any way advocating that Barcelona yeah, should ever. No, I'm, I'm not putting those words. Right. Enough, but right. I'm saying like, the, but it sort of taking, taking that sort of line of thinking to its, like, yeah. to its logical conclusion would be like, Hey, you know, if we can only get out from under, I mean, it would be kind of like the, you know, the, Sorry to dredge up another NBA analogy. No, it's it Jerry Krause, the, right? It would be the it would be the last dance bulls. Yeah. <laughs> you have Michael Jordan. Sure, he's whatever he was, 34, 35. But like you saw Michael Jordan, who's pretty much like maybe not at the very apex of his powers, but still basically better than almost anyone who's ever played the game before. And like your I don't know, like delusional self-confidence or this weird desire to effectively like just move on from the greatest sort of superstar and icon the game has 
because you think you can just build it back up again. Um, I mean, the, the bulls are a really good, a really good analogy. Yeah. And I, I guess like the one, um, you know, kind of, and I'm glad you brought the bulls up because I think that's a good, like, that's the lesson as to why you would never make the decision to get rid of Messi, right? Like that's the, like, it's not even a conversation. Um, and frankly, I considered inevitable that Messi will be at Barcelona for the next, you know, three to Mm -hmm. five years. Um, and and I don't think he's leaving next summer, but I do think he's considering it. Um, I just think he's, he's, I'm sure it crosses mind. Like there's times where you see his face during the game. Yeah. He's like, Oh God, I could just like, I could be anywhere else right now. Yeah. But it's like, and you look at the landscape, Mm -hmm. it's like, there's not really anywhere he could go that would be, that would be like close to being better. Um, you could maybe say equal like Manchester city or something, but it not being better. And yeah, I, so like, you know, kind of viewing it as inevitable that he's going to be there for the next three to five years, you know, wielding um, the the power that one like Messi can wield at Barcelona. And I mm-hmm. think a power that he is, um, you know, that, that, that he is not flexing, but that he's using a little bit more internally than I think we've that, that, than we've seen him use um, ever since he's been at Barcelona, um, mm-hmm. you know, right or wrong. And I think he's, he's kind of learning the sharp edges around having that power and how you deal with that publicly and privately um, and, you know, flexing that a little bit. And so I, I guess like the kind of going back to the Bulls comparison, right, is like Messi's uh, Phil Jackson left um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I I wonder if him staying like if if they even risk bringing someone like because I think everyone like it's like a very easy thing to like say that you know we hope that Xavi is going to be like Barcelona's version of Zinedine Zidane right and I wonder if that's even possible for that to yeah, take or just place the second coming of Pep right yeah. is like if that transformation could even take place while Messi's still at the club like if if that's even possible for it to happen because. And like, I wonder if like they're actually scared of like burning the bridge with Xavi too soon by bringing him into this like this strange like vortex of messiness right now, right? So there, there's a couple of things. Um, I think there might be a little bit of that. I think you said it, uh, you know, in your previous question. I think you said it exactly, sort of the the way that I would think about it. Is like, on the one hand, yeah, I think there's a little bit of sort of concern and trepidation about simply just like feeding Xavi into the machine. And because it's just like, it's a mill at this point. And it just, it just, it turns whoever you throw in, you know, and just turns them up and spits them up. So I think there's that. I've also read stuff and I, you know, like there's so much, it's so much kind of political, you know, hearsay and kind of he said, she said and stuff like that. Um, I've read stuff recently that suggests that Chavi is closely aligned with, I believe someone who's, running for the Barca presidency next year. And so there might be hesitation on his part to accept the job from Bartomeu because, I mean, let's be honest too. I mean, I think the, the Bartomeu era is just ending sort of in this, you know, with about as much kind of sort of toxicity and, and sort of animosity as, as one could imagine. And so I think, I think Javi's willing to bide his time. And I think there's also, there might be a sense of, not so much messy leaving, but I think there's a sense that, you know, the, the club, just even the, the playing the playing squad is on the decline and almost just biding his time. And, you know, and I, I have no indication that this is what's going on, but you almost think that, well, you know, these guys are definitely not going in the right direction. If I sort of sit on my hands for another year or two, you know, the... A little bit more of the decline 
plays out. None of that goes on my CV. And then I get to come in with the situation worse and sort of the, 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 the grading curve is, is easier. You know what I mean? Not that he wants it to be easier, but it's kind of like, why do you want, why, why preside over, you know, the next year or two of what looks like a little bit of an inevitable decline? Yeah. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. Um, the, uh, yeah, and honestly, that's, that's just kind of wanted what I wanted to chat about with you. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So, um, before we wrap up, what are you working on? Uh, what, what do you want to work on in, in the inevitable off season? Um, and like, what's on the horizon for Emil? Uh, so let's see. So you and I were actually speaking about it earlier. I um, for a publication. Uh, I mentioned previously that I've written for the Blizzard, uh, and so they have a sort of a a smaller publication that comes out every month. It's uh, called The Squall, and uh, but both are available at the, I believe it's blizzard.co.uk. And uh, so I actually, this is what I was telling you, I'm gonna get run out of town on a rail. And uh, I actually wrote some uh, grudging nice words about Sergio Ramos. Um, so that should be out in about a week. Uh, I look forward to relocating once again out of Barcelona, you know, once, uh, once that comes out. But um, so that's actually something that I've done recently. And, uh, you know, kind of going forward, I've, I've been doing a little bit of uh, sort of kind of day job stuff outside of sports writing stuff. And, uh, you know, just kind of getting back to writing about uh, NBA history. I've uh, kind of found an old kind of an old Bulls game that I found really fascinating. It's kind of a nothing, uh, regular season game that I'm kind of doing some stat work on and writing up and uh, yeah, just going to write more about Barcelona, more about Messi. And uh, you know, for the time being, there's uh, the the roadmap isn't perfectly defined right now. I'm just kind of picking projects at this point. It's been a bit of a busy last, last month or so, but uh, yeah, yeah, going to take the next few days and have a little bit more specific uh, going forward. Nice. That sounds good. So everyone can check out Emil's work um, at Hardwood Hype on Twitter. Um, We will share the link to that in the post for this. Hope you all enjoyed listening. Um, If you want to find Emil and I, I will be... um, you know, completely out of this planet after my podcast with Man- Managing Madrid last week, and Emil will be following me once his piece on Sergio Ramos posts. So, hope you enjoyed your time with us. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.